What's up, guys? This is episode number eight of Backstage Career, the podcast where I interview the people who are working behind the scenes with some of the biggest creators and entrepreneurs out there. In this episode, I talked to Josh Ordonez, who is a social media manager who's worked with people like Gary Vee and the LeVar Ball family, amongst other people. And the crazy thing is that Josh worked with all of these people while he was still studying and finishing his degree in college. So here are a couple things that you're going to learn in this interview. So number one, we talk about the Instagram DM strategy that Josh used to get every single gig he ever got uh, managing social media accounts. Number two, we talk about what it was like working with the LeVar Ball family and with Gary Vee. We talk about how he took a summer off to go to the Hudson Yards offices. And yeah, I mean, it was a whole experience. Number three, we talk about more social media tactical stuff. So we talk about how he grew Gary Vee's Empathy Wine uh, social media accounts, the difference between working on a small business account versus a big brand or personal brand. And finally, we talk about why he decided to start his own agency last year and what the economics of that look like. This was an amazing interview. I had a lot of fun talking to Josh. I really hope you enjoy. Let's dive in. So so I guess, how how do you get into social media? Um I know sure. everyone has kind of like a different story, but like what, like at what point did you start working with businesses and influencers? Is sure. it is that like is that around the time you started with social media? Or did you have your own thing going on before? Yeah, so so my whole social media journey started because uh, I went to university and I was trying to figure out what my major w- should be, and I first picked engineering because that's what my dad did. And one week into an engineering student, I hated it so much. So I changed my major, I believe, like four times within like a few weeks of like the, my first few weeks of being a college student, right? And then I finally changed it to marketing. And and by the time I changed it to marketing, there was like no classes left over. Like I, I, I was just like super late. So I had to be like part-time my first uh, semester of college because I just kept changing, kept changing, kept changing, right? And so I, I, I stuck with marketing. I kind of liked it. And I was like, okay, let, let, let's, uh, how could I get experience as a marketing major, right? And so I was like super eager trying to find a, a just any, anything marketing related so like I could get experience. And so one, one day I go to my marketing professor um, after class and I'm like, hey, professor, like what do you see up and, up and coming and up and rising in like the marketing realm? And he was like, well, I think social media is going to be a big play for just marketing as a whole. And he was like, for example, he's like my business and he, uh, my marketing professor, he has like a custom kayak business. He's like my business, oh, yeah. like, like I would love if we had social media, like it, we, our social media game is lacking. Right. And so I was like, could I do your social media? Like, like I think my Instagram's doing like decent, like, you know, could, could I, could I, could I run your social media? And he was like, sure. Why not? And so from there, we kind of just put our heads together and built like a social media plan for my marketing professor's business, right? And what happened was I was working with my my marketing professor and then uh, I come home one day and my dad is on the phone with someone and my dad is like, hey, like, are you going to LeVar's mansion now? And this, he was talking to the Ball family. Do you know who the Ball family is? Lonzo, yeah, LeVar? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was talking to them and I was like, Dad, like, who were you just talking to? And he was like, son, we have a content gig. So so my dad, he's a computer software engineer. But on the side, he has a passion for making content, like high-produced green screens. Oh, wow. Sound. Does he have like a YouTube channel or something? Or? Uh, no, so he basically started because my church, they had like a bunch of uh, conferences like around the state. And they were like, hey, you do computers. Do you think you could figure out the audio and like visual for our whole conference so we could like broadcast it and like have it like on every screen around the church and everything? So my dad was like, yeah, sure. So he started that like 25 years ago or something like that. Something crazy, like from nothing. Yeah. And then he just literally figured out how to produce a whole conference, right? Uh, he bought all the equipment and et cetera, right? So he has a passion for that on the side. He does it all pretty much for free. And so he DM'd, he basically, so... He actually introduced me to Gary V a, a long time oh, ago. Dad. Yeah, a long time ago. He introduced me to Gary V and I remember he he we were watching this video about Gary called Networking on on Instagram. 
It's basically yeah. where you DM people and you offer them value and it could result in something awesome, right? So he did that with the uh, Big Baller brand. And he was like, yo, like, we would love to produce your content, uh, et cetera. And so my dad is like, hey, we have a content gig. Like, do you want to come with us and like produce for the Ball family? And I was like, Abs- absolutely. So I go. And at the time, I was just holding a camera for my dad and just like, just like filming them and like having Mello read off some scripts. And yeah. And so what happened was, the director of business development of the uh, Junior Basketball League, which is the league around Mello and Jello, she was like, hey, your dad told me you study marketing. And I was like, yeah, I'm in school for that right now. And she was like, okay, that's super cool. And I really liked what was on your Instagram story today. She was like, we need that type of behind the scenes footage uh, as the league progresses. She was like, do you want to like travel with us and like work with us? And I was like, oh yes, like absolutely. So from there, I was working for them for free for like, about a month, um, and then come the first game day of the Junior Basketball Association. Do you know who Alan Foster is? Yeah, he he was like their manager or something like that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So so business Na- manager. Yeah, so he's also the guy that allegedly stole like a million bucks from Lonzo yeah. Ball. So that that whole relationship's kind of done. But that guy was like, here here's a phone, a, a company phone. We can't give you the logins yet. We don't trust you yet. But just like here, just post from our phone. Just do whatever you do and do it from our phone, right? And so, so just free free range, like just like whatever you just like. like just we post we trust you enough like you, to post, you, but we don't trust you enough with the logins yet, right? So just post on yeah. our phone, right? So I was posting the content guys, like with with the le- legit cameras, were taking the shots, sending them to me. I was posting all the stats, all the you know cool highlights. It was just basics, like basic, just post, right? And so. In the middle of the game, halftime, that guy, Alan Foster, comes to me and is like, hey, whatever you're doing, like, you're doing it right. And he's like, what are you doing this summer? And I was like, well, I'm hoping to be with you guys. And he goes, all right, you got a job. And so he calls the admin lady and is like, hey, buy all of Josh's flights for the whole summer. He's, he's going to be traveling with us and running the social media. And I was like, sweet. So, like, that day I go home, pack my bags for the whole summer, and I'm traveling with the whole ball family. So that was kind of the launch of my of my social media career. And then from there, I just, I, I really, the, the thing that like stuck with me is that I really did lo- uh, love social media marketing. Like I, I loved it. And so I just kept going and going and going. And it eventually led me to, to Gary V, right? And I ran his wine page for a while. And now, what, basically, it's been like three years since I started social media. And so now what's, what I do is I, I pretty much have built so much brand equity uh, for myself as a social media marketer that now kind of my biggest issue is constantly having clients and people hitting me up asking me to run their social media accounts, right? So it's it's kind of resulted in like the most optimal thing for me to do is actually have my own marketing agency, my own social media marketing agency. Um, so that that's what I do now. Damn, damn, that's awesome. I want to come back to Gary V and to your sure. agency later, but uh, but first, like, how how was it like uh, like when you got the offer to to work for them for the summer with the Ball family? You must have been so hyped, right? It was like, Absolutely. like what an opportunity to start to start off with. Absolutely. What what what, what was that like? Like uh, the summer? Can you tell us a little bit about like? Yeah. I mean, was it was it like what you expected it to be? Like what what happened? Yeah, I mean, th- there was nights where we were working so hard, like like the. People, some of the people never slept like at night. Like the the people doing the biz dev, it was just one night I remember that they just never slept. They they were just working the whole night. Um, thankfully, I got I got like four hours of sleep that night, and then we woke up the next day. Is it because you're because you're shooting during the day, and then you have to edit everything and post everything at night? Is that why? Or there was just a lot. Like the well, it was a brand new league, right? No one no one has ever ran a whole basketball league before. So, so there was just a lot of growing pains and we had to figure it out. And like a lot of times things just like general logistical issues would come. We'd have to figure it out. We would have to hit up, you know, influencers to tell them to come to the game. We'd have to hit up uh, news publications, tell them that we're in your city having a game. It was, yeah, it was, it was just a ton. It was a ton. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was super fun and it was, it was like uh, an experience that like I just would never thought like... I would ever do, you know, like I, you know, you can only dream of having that sort of opportunity. 
so so yeah, it, it definitely just was surreal for sure. Yeah. Why why did that end? Was it because of the whole controversy that happened or pretty much, yeah. So so basically, um that guy, Alan Foster, he he kind of was sketchy while I was there. Like he wasn't paying a lot of the players. Uh really? and he wasn't paying me even the the amount we agreed upon. Uh until the very last day he finally paid me. Like it, it was like spur of the moment. Like literally we were in Mello's uh locker. They just won the championship. There was champagne pouring on us, and and he pulls out his checkbook and finally writes me a check, rips it to me, and and gives it to me. So like, thankfully, like I was good, but a lot of the players, like, it was it was a little sketchy for a lot of us. And yeah, so pretty much what happened is is pretty much Alan Foster, big baller brand. Once things of Alan Foster came out, like I don't know anyone that was working there now that still works for big baller brand. Like it was. I, I, like I think the league's the the brand Big Baller brand is literally just Lavar Ball now. Like not even the kids yeah. are associated to it that, as much. Like it was just yeah, it's, it's too just bad, man. Like exploded. it's too bad because it was like it's so smart what the dad did. I mean, it's like like as far as like building a brand from scratch and like just like monetizing it and just like selling the dream. You know, it's like it's the typical, it's like the typical underdog story. You know, and like. And like creating products around it, I don't know. Yeah. I, I freaking love it. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think Lavar is super brilliant. I mean, like he almost got all three of his kids in the league, and then I don't know. I think Mello is just so good. Like I don't know if you watch his like rookie highlights, but that dude is yeah. a killer. And like Lavar is like a huge reason as to all of their successes, right? You know, Jello yeah. may not be in the league, but you know, he still is. You know, has. The potential, I think he's still in the G League and like still has some overseas offers. So yeah, and and just like the love him or hate him, but like the ability to draw attention, you know, through yeah. like controversy and stuff. Exactly. It's like it's just genius. It's like yeah, marketing playbook. He's, he's a marketer. He's a marketer. He's a brilliant marketer. He really is. Lavar is. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you basically it ends uh, unfortunately, and you you go back to college, right? What, yeah. Uh, like. You, you where like what was it like? I mean, you had this huge experience during the summer, right? And now you're back at school. Like, uh, what was your next gig? Like, I know you had a couple more gigs, like in college, and yeah. yeah. So I was at yeah. I actually I never like took a break from college. I was always taking classes. What was really funny is I remember telling my accountant major, I was like, or my accountant professor, I was like, uh-huh. hey, I can't come to any more classes. Like, I I accepted like a summer internship with you know, LeVar Ball, the big baller brand, right? And she was like, is that the guy who goes on ESPN and yells? And I was like, yes. And she was like, you're really going to choose to do that? So basically, um, she was like, what? You're going you're gonna to go, like, work with him versus focusing on school? Like, she's like, that's not a very smart plan. Like, she's like, you should just, you should just stick, stick to school, focus, graduate, et cetera. Because because at the time I was also I also got a full time offer with Big Baller Brand and that would have re- actually required to essentially take like a, a, a break from college because it would have it would have uh, entailed international travel right and so my accountant professor was like like what like Lavar are you serious like that is so like that is not the smart decision anyways so yeah after after I I got home from you know traveling with Big Baller Brand I I was just super eager to get any more social media marketing experience. Now now it was more so like marketing experience. What could I do marketing to like social media marketing experience, right? So from there, um, I was running some food accounts for this. Uh, I don't know if you heard of After's Ice Cream. Yeah, check them out. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, from so, your bio, yeah. Yeah, so they, they like, uh, they're, a cool, they're a cool ice cream brand. The, the They've done collabs with like Rick and Morty, uh, Hello Kitty, SpongeBob. They're the brand that gets invited to Coachella basically. So like, cool hip marketing. So um, yeah. I was like, this ice cream brand super cool. So I was basically um, running a couple more uh, pages for the founder of this ice cream brand. I had uh, an international wait, wait, client. So, so how do you get in touch? So like, let's say, because like what I'm fascinated by is that you were in high school during all this time, right? So like, no, no, let's no, say someone college. is uh, in, in college, yeah, my yeah. bad. Let's say someone's in college right now and they, they want to do exactly what you're doing, you know, like just work with like either LeVar, you know, on the higher end or even just like a local business. Like, like yeah. how do you reach out to these people? So, so 
pretty much ev- everyone I've worked with was the initial contact was through Instagram DM, right? So, yeah. so with with this foodie guy, right? What I did was I listened to every podcast that I could find, and like I listened to see like if I could even help him, like like where potential holes in his business. And I was like, okay, maybe social media could like he he has a ton of like different restaurants, like maybe I could you know run a couple of them or whatever. And so yeah, I I pretty much the, what I did was I DM'd him. I said, hey, um, I would love to come take some photos for your food, you know, for free. I know you're ju- you just opened a new restaurant in my city, right? Um, I would love to come during media day. Like it was just like the the like most organic type of uh, arrangement, right? He didn't have to go way too out of his way to meet me. He was already there. He just had to, you know, tell the guys to hook me up with some free food. It'll take some food photography for them, right? So that that kind of started it. And then, like, the next thing he knows, he was like, oh, I have this international client in Qatar. They're, like, next to Dubai, right? Uh, uh-huh. They need their social media ran. Like, do you want to help me with this project? We partner up with this project. And I was like, absolutely, right? So in total, I was running like three, three pages for him at one point, and just being with in his network now led me to the next one, and that was because I knew because I knew this guy Andy, talking to the next one, which is Kickstardamus. He's a professional shoe designer for NBA players. Um, that was super organic too, right? Like I was already running pages for his friend, and it really is just being like I guess resourceful and like I guess offering value first and like figuring out how you'll be compensated or rewarded later because like at the end of the day like if you do something good for someone like you're in the good regardless if you ever get repaid right so so even with this guy andy right i did a bunch of free food shots for him before anything and it, it led to trust and it led to actual paid contracts right so yeah, that, that's that's what I would suggest. And I think there's this really negative thing of people th- saying like, oh, never work for free. Don't do anything for free. Like yeah. you need a value. Know your worth, man. Know your worth. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, like what are you worth if you don't know anything? Or what are you worth if you don't have a skill set built yet? Like what are you worth if you aren't confident in, if you don't have confidence in a specific skill set yet? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the formula really is, DM. It seems like you had a little bit of experience at first, right? I, I think, I think if you're like completely clueless, like I think it's sometimes more of a burden than not, right? So like try to build a skill set before, you know, like at least a minimum. DM yeah, yeah. and then offer free work up front and be like, hey, like I really want to help you, and like just be like, like specific. Don't, 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 don't let it be a mystery, right? Be like, I can do X, Y, and Z for you on X date at, at Y location, like, right, are you right. down, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, an, that's another thing, too. Be, be specific. Because, like, if, if you don't even know what you want, then, like, how are they going to figure that out for you, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so Kickstradamus, mm-hmm. that, that, that was also in college, right? Yes. Um, all yeah. this was still in college. It's yeah. curious, like, why, why, why stay in college? Like, like you're 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 doing pretty good, right? I'm I'm guessing they started paying you towards the end, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, like, why 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 insist on finishing college? So uh, it's funny. Like when I started working with Big Baller Brand, I, I had a lot of people start telling me, like, bro, like, why are you in college? Like, just drop out. Like, go go do your thing, right? I honestly, I liked I liked college. Um, even okay. even when I was working with Gary, like, I had like two summer classes. Like, I I liked it because. I originally started college because I wanted to prove to myself that I could be academically smart if I wanted to, right? Uh-huh. Um, so in high school, I the same thing. Like they were like, okay, the semesters that matter are sophomore and junior year in high school, right? Because that's the, the semesters people care about, right? So like freshman in senior year, I did terrible because I was like, what's the incentive to do good? But yeah. sophomore and junior, I got like a 3.8 GPA, right? And it was the same thing. I was like, okay, I just graduated high school. Can I be academically smart and actually get a degree? And so I went to college and I had to, I, that was the thing I was proving myself. Can I be academically smart if I choose to be, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. sure enough, yeah, it, it, yes, it, the answer was yes. And so it was, it was more so I started a journey 
And I wanted to finish that journey regardless of if, you know, whatever came up, good or bad, you know? I respect that. Yeah, yeah totally. Just proving it to yourself. And, and, and yeah, and, and my dad too. Uh, my dad is uh, super hard to impress. Um, honestly, even it's funny, like even graduating college like that, that was not as impressive as like all the social media stuff that I do. So like it, it was kind of funny. It ended up that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Gary, mm-hmm. that was still in college as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, how did you connect with Gary and how did you end up getting a job? Yeah. So I was working with Kickster Domus, running his social media and, um, Gary goes live on Instagram one day, uh, I believe for his birthday and he's like pounding empathy wines live and he's calling people who purchase empathy wines uh and just bringing them on the show and just chatting right so i was like what the heck i like gary's doing all this for people who buy his wine that's so cool he must really care about this project right i think i was on that live stream it was was wild it was crazy yeah yeah so um what happens is in the live stream gary goes yeah me and my co-owner nate like, we love this, blah, 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 right? And so after the live stream, I was just like, hmm, Nate. Okay. So I go to Gary's following. I type in Nate. And I find, sure enough, the co-owner of Empathy Wines, right? And I was like, okay. Do they need help on social media? I look. I'm like, hmm, they might. They might. So I send him a DM. Nate, not not Gary. Like, if I were to send Gary a DM, that would just, like, be gone forever. But Nate, on the other hand, had, like, 2,000, 3,000 followers at the time. Um, so I shot him a DM. I said, hey, Nate, love what you guys are doing at Empathy Wines. If you guys want any social media help, let me know. This is what I do. This is who I've worked with. This is who I'm currently working with, et cetera, right? So he goes, yes, send me an email. So I sent him an email. I don't get a response for like a week, right? And what I do is at the time, I had a social media campaign with uh, the Utah Jazz NBA team, right? Okay. And so... I post the campaign on my social media and I post it on my story. And when I post it on my story, I tag Nate in the story, but I hid this I hid the tag so that only Nate and I know that he's in there, right? So this campaign shows up in his DM. Right after it shows up in his DM or in his inbox, I say, Hey Nate, just tag I just tagged you in this just so you can see what I'm currently up to. And if you need any more, if you need any more help, like we'd love to chat, right? It's social proof right there and yeah. right, right. So he goes, Call me. And so I was I was in a I was in a class at the time. So I step out of class, I call him, and the conversation goes, Hey Josh, uh, we love what you're doing. Uh uh, we were wondering when can you fly to New York and help us with social media? And I was like, Oh, uh, whenever, like, let's do it. And so within like a two week notice, I had to tell all my all my professors, hey, I'm leaving again. <laughs> And I can't do my finals in person. Can I do them online? Can I do them early? Right? And I figured it all out. They all let me do it either online or early. Damn. And I flew to New York within like two weeks. And stayed there the whole summer. And yeah. Dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's dope, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was similar for me with Tom. It's, it's like... It's funny, it like takes takes a while to happen, and then all of a sudden it's like, yo, you you free next week? Are you free? Right. You free this Thursday to like fly into LA? You know? <laughs> oh, you flew in too? Yeah. From where? Yeah, I was literally I I from uh, I was in the Bay Area. Okay. At the time, awesome. I was starting at I was starting at Berkeley, and uh, it was like a third. I remember it was like a Thursday. I had like a I had like a marketing class as well, or commu- I think it was a communications class, and I was like, I didn't even tell the teacher. I mean, is it was kind of lax as far as attendance. I was just like booked a flight for the afternoon. And it was so, so surreal, you know, like pulling up to the Uber Tom's house and <laughs> just awesome. be like, whoa, this is, this feels, this is something. Yeah. This is something else. Yeah. 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 And so what was that moment for you? Uh, like New York, like pulling up, I mean, like taking a flight from, from like Riverside to New York. You, I, I'm assuming you had never been to New York or. Oh, uh, no, no. So I actually, because of COVID, it would have been my fourth year in a row going to New York. So I, I actually would go to New York every summer, either for work or for just leisure. I love New York. Okay. Like New York's super fun to visit. So so yeah, no, yeah. when I when I when I got 
when I showed up to Gary, it, like I was like, oh, the next summer in a row, right? It was, so it was like every summer. It was like inevitable. Gotcha. Like I was going to go to New York regardless if I had work or not. I was just going to get out there. But just a couple of weeks early, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was cool, man. Like uh yeah, like fi- finding places to live was like kind of crazy, but you know, we made it work out. And what about like your first first day, first week in the office? Yeah, I mean that that was my biggest takeaway was just sitting in his office for that day. That that's the thing like I'll forever remember. And then yeah, the f- first week was fun. I think like one of my first things was like, yo, we need to get empathy wines verified. Why aren't we verified yet? Right? Uh-huh. And thankfully how, how big was the the account at the time when you took it over? I have screenshots. I think it was at like 20k followers or something like that. Yeah. And so it was right up your alley though cuz cuz you were doing like food stuff already, right? So it was like you had the you had the expertise to manage it, right? Not really. I I lit- they literally asked me how much do you know about wine? And I was I I said the only time I've drank wine is at a kickback <laughs> because all the other drinks were taken already. That was my like that was like my response. And they were like, "Huh." They were like, mm, "It's okay. You, you you'll learn. You'll learn as you go." Right? Yeah. And so you I had I, a track record as far as managing pages. Yeah, yeah, but but the specific wine niche no, yeah. but 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 like the Gary V niche, yeah, I knew everything about Gary's brand, right? So, yeah. uh, so you know that that part did help, but but then like the wine part, yeah, I, I just had to learn, and you know, sure enough, I did. And like even to this day, like I don't even know fully how to open a wine bottle, and like <laughs> there would be there would be times where I I would go to like influencer events, and I would bring wine, right? I would I would bring all the wine. And yeah. I would bring the wine opener and they were like, all right, Josh, like, let's pour us some wine. And I'll be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and I'll, I'll like try. <laughs> sometimes I'll make it work. And sometimes I'm like, all right, look, I don't know how to open a wine bottle. And everyone's just like, what? Like you work with Gary, you run You're his the page. Wine guy, bro. You, don't know how to, you don't know how to open a wine bottle. So yeah. You need one of those uh, auto- automatic like corkscrew openers where you just press a button and it pulls the cork out. Well, yeah, I, I had to use the Empathy Wine logo Cork one, so oh, yeah. gotcha. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm super curious, like how different was that managing, like a because I mean I've managed pages like I mean like Tom's page, right? Um, where it's like an influencer page, but uh, I know that like a business like Empathy Wines, it's like the strategy is, is totally different than than right. than like managing an influencer. So like, can you talk about a little bit about that and and how it was for you, like? Yeah, so so pretty much was, yeah. pretty much the difference between like a personal brand and a business is if there's a sale involved, right? So mm-hmm. Tom Bilyeu's not going to be selling anything on his pages, right? Yeah. But Empathy Wines, you know, that's one of our biggest things. We needed to sell wine. So pretty much that that pretty much is the biggest difference and a lot of times when you're having conversations with people on the DM you need to be conscious of that, that you're a brand, right? And that at the end of the day, like if you, if you make a sale and if you can make a connection and a relationship with someone over Instagram, that could result to like a long-term connection and a long-term customer, quite frankly, right? So like, mm-hmm. like one of the strategies that we did and it actually worked really well was um, sales via Instagram DM. So my strategy was... When Gary would post about Empathy Wines, first of all, Empathy Wines needs to be like in there right away. So we would turn on post notifications for Gary, right? And then right when he posts, Empathy Wines needs to be in there saying something clever, saying something that complements the post. Basically, I call it top comment hacking, right? Yeah, and and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't something that we did only with Gary. I, di- I did it with like a bunch of influencers within kind of the wine niche. So basically, right when, you know, whoever posts, you know, you need to be in there saying something. And then sure enough, because a lot of the followers that followed Empathy also followed Gary, a lot of people saw it and they would like the posts or they would like the comment. And so basically, every time Gary posts, Empathy Wines had an opportunity to be discovered by Gary's audience, right? And what we would do is we would sometimes create custom discount codes for that post, right? So on, so the discount code was only discoverable if you were reading the comments of Gary V's post, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like an exclusive, yeah. Yeah. So one day one day we did that and 
and it resulted in like over six thousand dollars of wine sales in like one day. Just because this- you can track it as well. Yeah, so you can on be Shopify. like, this one comment drew this much money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on wild. Shopify, we create the one discount code, and we just see how many people use it. And it was yeah, it was like over six grand in one day. It was awesome. Did you only do that on Gary's posts or on other like on other like influencers posts that, top, that aren't affiliated with you guys? Yeah, no, top comment hacking was on everyone and then the top comment discount code was only on Gary's post and like specific specific posts. It couldn't be any posts. Like we had gotcha. to get it we had to kind of strategize with the team like okay, should we should we do a discount code on this post? Should we not do a discount code? Like all right, let's do a discount code and boom, like sometimes it would it, a lot of times it would it would hit off and what 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 else what are other things that are unique about like a like a business account like empathy yeah i mean versus influencers yeah i mean you have to speak with a we right you're not yeah. an i you're a we you're a, you're a you know a brand as a whole and then honestly unfortunately instagram kind of doesn't treat business accounts that well so so let me rephrase so i would suggest everyone to have a business uh, account on instagram but if you're an actual business selling a product, Instagram might like ruin your engagement. So like they try to get you to to do paid ads pretty much often. But with empathy, for example, we had a lot of opportunities to to um, pretty much culture hack, right? So if I if mm-hmm. I, I could I could go right now and I could show you. So basically, like all the top posts aren't photos of wine. They're a way to like draw in culture while also using wine as a as a su- as a subcategory. So it's like yeah, so like for example, like nowadays like NFT is kind of popping. You would do something like relating wine to NFT. Is that is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, stuff stuff like that. So like let me give an example one second. Oh, okay. So this one uh, there's a lot of examples. Okay, so so this one, right? This one we just used Gary's brand, right? We were we were okay. one of the first ones in like the Gary V world to to do this thing where basically when you like it, like pops up the double tap, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then stuff like so this one wasn't this one was a meme that I didn't even get, but this is one of the most engaged posts, right? It was like a meme that was going on. Like back then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly like this wasn't my idea, but but it was the like one of the co-owners. Like it was like, hey, we should we should make this right, and it yeah. popped off. Why? Because people people want to show that they know culture. People want to show that they know memes, right? So liking is one way, but then like commenting is like ha ha ha. Like I, I get it, right? It's like yeah, it's kind of selfish, like because. If if we post that we're culturally in tuned, our audience is going to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm culturally in tune too," and I'm proving it by commenting and I'm proving it by sharing it to my other friends to show them that I also am culturally in tuned. You know. Plus, plus, I feel like it's it's more entertaining than just like product shots, right? That's probably another yeah, reason yeah, that's that yeah. So well. You you have to. You can't just product shot all day. You have to figure out ways to draw um, culture. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Be, being creative. Yep. Um, so how how big was the account when you started, and like how, how much did you grow it? <sighs> Darn, I don't I don't have the specific number. It was like twenty thirty k growth. I, I know that. I, I have the okay. Yeah, I have I have the screenshot somewhere. I could send it to you after. Yeah, twenty thirty. That that's pretty good on a. I mean, on a business account, those are like like you said, not 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 easy to grow. And yeah. were you guys doing any um, influencer stuff at all? Yeah. So influencers was one of our biggest things. So basically, we would send wine to a bunch of influencers, right? But we wouldn't say, hey, can you post about us? Um, mm-hmm. We would leave it up to them, right? So we would send wine to a bunch of people. And then the one thing that we did, which was really cool, was we we hosted a... When we released the white wine, we hosted a white wine launch party in New York City. So mm-hmm. we rented out a place and we invited a bunch of... Uh, Empathy Wines, like top members, like the people who subscribe to the 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 most subscription, right? Gotcha. We invited okay. them all out, and then we invited like hundreds of influencers, hundreds. I I remember for a day, 
my whole job was to DM hundreds of influencers. Like that was my, my, all I was doing the whole day was DMing, 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 right? Um, what, what was that like? Just like, I, I love the specifics. So like, like it was from the Empathy One account. Yeah. Like what were you DMing? Were you just like, hey, like we, we got this party going on? We like, got this party. Through? We're launching our new white wine. Here's the information. We'll see you then, pretty much. And were you doing the research to find these influencers or did you guys have like a list internally? Or? So yeah, so Gary has probably thousands of influencers within his network. So he has influencers for like VaynerMedia, right? For doing brand deals for VaynerMedia clients as well as mm-hmm. for um for like Gary V personal brand stuff. So like Gary would send like this thing called like podcast puffs which was like a cereal yeah. that he made around podcasts. He would just send it to a bunch of influencers, right? Examples like that. So basically, yeah, the in- Gary's influencer team made us a list of just wine influencers. And so we just went out and knocked all of them out, sent them all messages, invited them all to this party. And what happened was pretty much a bunch of influencers came to the party and inevitably a bunch of influencers posted about Empathy Wines on their story. So that was kind of our strategy. We, we never... We never was like, we need story tags. We need, because because there wasn't anything paid. It was more so just like the wine plus the experience and hang out with Gary V for the day or for yeah. the night. And so, yeah, but but yeah, sure enough, we had we had a ton of impressions just from influencers from, from that party, right? And it, and it launched yeah. the the release of the white wine. Yeah, that that's, I mean, that's a huge asset having, having that back catalog. I remember... Yeah. When when we were launching uh, comics with Tom, I, I was managing the comic account and just like building up a list of influencers from scratch is like it's so time consuming and it's like especially yeah. when no one knows you, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it take it takes time, but like yeah, if once you build a relationship with an influencer, like you're it's it's a it could be a good long lasting relationship. A lot of those influencers I've met, like I'm still connected with them, you know, we still we still chat casually, you know. Yeah, and again, it comes back to adding value first, just sending out free stuff, and and I mean, I guess starting early, right? Like starting that relationship, like like a couple months before you you ever need to invite them to anything or sure. you want them yep. to repost something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So during this time in New York, were you like how much? How close were you with like like Gary and stuff? Where did you did you did you meet with him a couple times or like? Yeah, no, um, Gary. Surprisingly enough, like VaynerMedia, like is his is his biggest focus, right? So he's in yeah. the office pretty much often, like pretty like like a lot. He's in the he's in the office a lot, but he's also not in the office a lot and traveling a lot, to be honest. But yeah, no, we had we had a bunch of meetings and hangouts. I don't know, I don't know if you saw my page, but there, like on my on my feed, there's a couple posts with us, and then on my Instagram story, there's a few posts with us. There's this one story that I have with Gary where it was like a weekday. It was like seven at night. I remember I stayed uh, late to finish um, homework. And uh, I go to the bathroom and uh, at VaynerMedia. And again, it's seven at night. And it's I'm like basically by myself in the office. And I hear someone, you know, in the restaurant, in the stall, right? And it's Gary V. So Gary V was in the middle of closing, I believe, closing like a VaynerMedia client. I just remember him talking Uh very highly about VaynerMedia while he's like taking a shit, right? So like, (laughs) so, so I like, unfortunately I had to eavesdrop. Like I couldn't not eavesdrop. It was literally me and him in this restroom. And he was like, you know, selling VaynerMedia at the utmost enthusiasm, right? So I was just like, wow, Gary really just has no excuses and like maybe that is what it takes to like make it in life like doesn't matter the circumstances like you have the opportunity to be on and to grind really and I was just like I just remember peeing and I was like dang Gary's really about the shits like he really is about literally what he preaches (laughs) yeah literally and I was just like what the heck like Damn, like if Gary could do that, like maybe I got to do that too. You know, maybe I got to have that type of uh, work ethic too. Like no, no seconds off. <laughs> literally, <laughs> he's literally like no breaks. Like even when he's taking a break, when he's taking care of business, he's also taking care of business. You know, that's hilarious, dude. That's such a that's such a, it's such a hilarious story. Yeah, that's funny. That was that was like I remember that that will stick stick with me forever. 
What um what about the the Gary V team? Um, were you a part of that at all, or uh, did you? I mean, how much did you interact? And and what I mean, what was the culture like? Um, yeah, the culture was the best. Like the culture, it was. Dude, they had Wine Wednesday every Wednesday. So every Wednesday, Crazy. all of VaynerMedia, there's like multiple offices. They could all come to one office and just have wine after after uh, like five o'clock, six o'clock, right? You went from like never having wine to like wine every yeah, I, <laughs> one I, every I, evening. I literally <laughs> had wine every Wednesday. And I was like, we were trying a bunch of different kinds and like market research. So yeah, I mean, the culture was sick. My favorite part personally was they had every type of coffee you could imagine in VaynerMedia, right? In the break room. So they had cold brew on tap. They had like espresso machines. It, it was, that was my favorite part because I, I drink That's coffee bad. every day and I, I just love it, right? And then like with the Gary V team, yeah, it was like, so it was like Gary's office, team Gary V, and then Empathy Wines was like right right there. Uh, and then like some Vayner talent, Vayner sports was all right there too. So we were all kind of close. Nice. And what, um, what does the the team look like? It's like, I think you can see a little bit of behind the scenes on like the I think like a weekly V at some point, you know, which is really interesting. But like for 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 people that watch him, like, can you give people an idea of what what the whole content team behind him looks like? Just the the magnitude of the thing and the different yeah. roles. Yeah. So pretty much they have a videographer following him at all times, and then they also have like in his office they have like two to three cameras in there, I believe. Gary's pretty much always mic'd up. Pretty much the second he like wakes up and goes to the office, I'm pretty sure he's being filmed from that point until like nighttime. So like, yeah, I mean, th the content game is is ridiculous. Like D-Rock, which is uh, Gary's, one of Gary's uh, personal videographers, um, he, you know, grinds. He He's there. He has some late nights, you know, editing and... Yeah, so so it, again, it, it's another form of inspiration. Like, dang, like, you do have so many opportunities to make content, and it is such an important thing to document because you never know what can happen while you're filming, yeah. right? You never know. Did you ever want to join that team uh, when you were there? Were you ever like, like at some point, I'd like to join their team, um, or were you were you happy with the with the Empathy Wines account? Yeah, I think I think running Empathy Wines was like a certain level of like intimacy that like you had with Gary because it's it was like really pa it was like a to me it was it was the most passionate thing he was doing like out of every everything he was running right so um yeah no I, it was definitely fun like I I didn't really think like oh I want to transition or anything yeah gotcha and so you you were there for the summer and then again you you go back to college right yes you're like and you were running the account like remotely? They, yeah. They let you run the account remotely? How, yeah. How was that like? That was cool. It definitely wasn't the same as being in the office and like being back in school, having 18 units, realizing that it was my senior year, trying to, you know, have a bit of a social life while also, you know, running Empathy Wines full time. It, it was it was a lot going on, but at the end of the day, it was, it was a lot of fun. And yeah. So... Right now, you're not managing that account anymore. So, like, what 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 point did did yeah. you um did did you leave? Yeah. So so basically, I was an independent contractor for Empathy Wines the whole time. So basically, my contract was set to end right when I graduate high uh, college because I was I got a full time offer from Gary, and when I graduated, uh, the full time offer ended up being for this company he owns in LA. It's called Green Street. Uh, I don't know if you've okay. heard of it. They're a marketing agency. For cannabis brands, right? So for oh, like yeah, weed. yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, so it wasn't like I, I really did want to work with Gary for like a while, but um, working in cannabis as a social media marketer wasn't something I was very interested in. And mm -hmm. there's like so many regulations behind marketing cannabis, right? So the industry isn't fully there for social media. Like you can't run ads on cannabis, right? So yeah. I, I don't know. I felt like if I would have done the green street gig it would have kind of it just didn't feel right you know yeah no it makes sense why why weren't you able to continue on the um, the empathy wines account yeah so by, by that time uh my contract ended with them and so they already had a, a new uh community manager running everything gotcha yeah, yeah. and so and so that was like my whole plan was to get a full-time offer 
Empathy Wines was more so like a kind of temporary thing, like to begin with. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. And so that, do you have another gig after that? Or are you still in college at this point? Yeah. It's just like mind blowing to me that, yeah, that so, all this happened like throughout college. It's so cool. So after that, this was in the beginning of 2020. I didn't take the offer from Gary. And so I was just like back on my, on my like search, you know? So actually quickly right after that, um, this was like January, I got the Green Street offer. And then after that, I was uh, in talks with, you know who Marshmallow is? The DJ? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was in talks with his music management team to come on their team to oh, yeah. um, do, you know, marketing for... So they, they at the time, they managed Marshmallow, Roddy Rich, if you know that is, some other hi- big hip-hop, uh, EDM, like rave artists, right? And so uh, that was a that was a long hiring process, and what ended up happening was, right when COVID hit, my position got dropped. So it literally, oh, yeah, COVID hit, and then I got an email the following Monday. I was like, hey, this position is no longer available, like due Dude. due to the pandemic, right? So actually, yeah, at that point, my mindset at that point was like, all right, if this dream job right with Marshmallow got dropped. You know, there's a global pandemic just started, right? I was I actually took like a like a five month break from anything social media media related for a while, right? Mostly because like I was like, you know what? My priorities was, you know, have an awesome career, become this awesome social media marketer. And then when COVID hit, I was like, you know what? I think my biggest goal right now is just to stay safe, keep my family safe, you know, try to stay indoors as much as possible. Cause that's kind of how the media portrayed it. Like it was like super dangerous, right? Yeah, and so I literally took like a five month break and l- just played Call of Duty <laughs> every day, literally. Yes. Like Call of Duty and like running every day. I would just go for a run and like try to avoid people. Dude, that's life right there. Yeah, and and so I, I honestly I really do regret that time because I like partially I re- I regret it because like now I I wish I could have just kept you know marketing something. Yeah, and that that's kind of what ended up happening was I took like a five month break and I didn't really have any intention to like get back into social media marketing until it felt right until like COVID was gone until it was safe enough right whatever yeah because uh, like a lot of what I did was like a lot of traveling and then what ended up happening was uh, I got a phone call from a client that was like hey we see you do social media like do you want to help us with our social media and I was like mm, it's been like a few months off but sure. So I got back in the game kind of just kind of because as a, out of a request of a client, right? And then... And we're... Uh, sorry to interrupt. Were, were these guys hitting you up because like they knew you through like the fact that you managed like Empathy Wines or like how how like, so, how did you, these guys find you? Yeah. So they basically were in the market for getting social media marketing done and they found me on LinkedIn. Okay. So they saw that you had like Empathy Wines on there and... Yeah. Um, I th- like, yeah. They saw LeVar. that I do social media marketing. They called and... You know, yeah. And and so basically with like one client, right, I was doing all their marketing, doing all their ads, influencer marketing. And I was like, wait a minute, if I can take on multiple clients at a time, like this is like kind of the most optimal thing because after, like honestly, the whole issue of like clients hitting me up, that was something that happened even before I was with Gary. Like people were always asking me to do their social media. And I was just like, no, like I'm gonna just do one big famous client at a time, right? And and no, the most optimal thing was have saying not saying no to any opportunity and saying yes to all opportunities and helping as many people as I can, you know? Yeah. That's that's uh pretty much what I do now. Like I have my own marketing agency and you know the clients are doing well, you know? How how many clients are you managing right now? Yeah, so right now I have two clients. Um, next week I ha- most likely going to close a third client and uh yeah, it's 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 cool because the people it's kind of reverse now. Like it's it's now I don't look for them in a sense. Like they they kind of look for me and th- that means that they really are trying to grow their social media and they really are, you know, care about social media and you know that's that's where I come in. And um are you like are you do full are you doing full management of their pages or is it like like strategy? Yeah, um, so so I do uh, I do content creation, uh, content strategy. I do community management. I do all the top comment hacking and uh, what's it called? 
uh, those some of the strategies I mentioned in the past. I run yeah. other ads and I do other uh, influencer marketing. It's pretty much to me, it's everything under the sun of social media marketing that's needed. So like I don't do any yeah. other type of marketing, and I I kind of just stick to social media, and it it's my favorite thing to do, really. Yeah, it's it's um you made a good point about like the fact that clients are reaching out to you, so it's like really a good fit because yeah. they're looking for someone for social. Because like I feel like a lot of businesses aren't like they they're not patient enough to to like build that brand, you know, and like because there's no like social media, you don't see the immediate results unless you have like those coupon codes you were talking about, right? Um, <laughs> right so that's right. that's pretty interesting. Yeah, as far as I'm curious about the the comment hacking, mm-hmm. I, I've like on. On Tom's account, it was like sort of like a, a, a different strategy, right? Because like like when you have an account that that's that's that big, like I think you like we were leveraging more of like just like getting that high engagement rate to like just like have the content pop and the explore and stuff. But like, yeah, can you can you talk a little more about that and like how it's working for businesses and like how how you guys are tracking as far as like the results of that? Yeah, so it's pretty much you kind of reverse engineer whatever the post, whoever whoever it is. So for example, with like Tom Bilyeu's account, right? So Tom Bilyeu yeah. is an entrepreneur, right? What would benefit his personal brand would probably be some more podcast listeners, right? Of course, there's more engagement. So with like Tom Bilyeu, for example, you would follow like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, pretty much any influencer that is like entrepreneurial related. Mm-hmm. And yeah, every time they post, you comment. And it's you could kind of break it down to like a science, which is, you know, you have to be clever. You have to be, you know, complimenting. You can't be controversial because it backlashes. So I've had, I've had top comments pop off. Uh, I remember with Kixer Damas, I had a pop, uh, top comment pop off, but I was kind of roasting James Harden. You know who James Harden is? Yeah. Yeah. On his account. And the top comment was like lit, but then all of James Harden fans start DMing us like, bro, like, are you serious? Like, why are you hating on us? Like, like, like F you, like delete that shit, like whatever. And, and it's basically, it's not like, it's not arbitrary, like just top comment on everything. No, it's more so who, whose audience do you want to tap into organically for yeah. free, right? So it's just another form of discoverability because people read the comments. If you go on any influencer's post, you're going to see a top comment, right? And even better, yeah. it's better now because you can pin up to three comments on a post, right? So yeah, yeah. if, you know, you comment on Gary Vee's post and he loves your comment so much, he could pin your post. So now it's like you're, you could get top comment, you know, by merit, by the likes of people actually liking it, or you could get top comment by the person themselves ping, uh, pinning it on their post. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pin, the pin is a game changer for yep. for IG comments for sure. Yeah, and um, and it's also it's another way to represent culture. Uh, I don't know if you use a lot of TikTok, but on uh-huh. TikTok, all the those top comments too are are ridiculous, right? If you get one top comment, you're gonna be seen by like forty thousand people, right? It's, yeah. an, it's just another form of discoverability. So with these smaller accounts, are you like do you have post notifications on just like the relevant like um. I think you have like one construction account, uh, like a construction team or something like that, like the Buildsters. Yeah. Um, like, are you following? You basically have post notifications on other accounts that are like big in construction niche in the construction yeah. niche, right? And like throughout the day, you're just like first to answer, like um, yeah, you just yeah, reply right away. Yeah, and it's more so. It's more so a thing to have. It's not like okay, today we are top comment hacking all day. No, it's more so. Let's follow all these people that we want to tap into. And when they post, and if we are available, then let's let's top comment hack, right? Well, you might as well. We're already mm-hmm. we're already on our phone. So with like an account like that, it it just it 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 just depends. So with with the Buildsters, we were doing entrepreneurial accounts as well, because that was part of what they were trying to achieve was getting entrepreneurs who wanted to get into the construction space. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And uh, I'm curious about the economics as well, as far as like an agency. If you don't mind sharing, like how how much. Like how much are you charging like for for a service like that? Like yeah. uh, just for like one one company. Yeah. So I, and also, um, are they paying you on like results, or is it just like a like a retainer fee with like a certain level of agreements? You know. Yeah. I'm so, just curious personally as well because at some point, some point I might might open my own agency as well. Sure. So the way I do it is I pretty much I make sure I could help them first, so I create a full 
social media blueprint slash consultation that I say, look, this is this is your social media. This is what you need to be doing. And and like I don't I don't pull back, I don't what's it called? Hold back anything, right? So the way I do it is I, I say, you need to do all this stuff. Here's why you need to do it. And you could go do it yourself if you want to. I, I literally could email you this entire consultation afterwards and you could go do it yourself, right? So mm-hmm. I do that first. They see the value in actually optimizing social media accounts and marketing it the right way, you know, and c- building a community. And they always like, okay, we want you to run it. Like, we don't want to do it. That's way too much work. Like, we want you and your agency to run it, right? And again, it, it, it depends on what they need, right? So if it's like full-fledged, I personally charge four to five grand a month, right? But if it's if they just want like right now, I have a, a coffee shop in San Diego and they just want a full week of me teaching them everything, right? That one, it, it's the same thing too. It, it's case by case. That one, right? They're like, we can't afford like the full price. Like, can we just do a week for like a thousand bucks? And I was like, absolutely. Like that could that if if at the end of the consultation, you know. I give you guys the keys to the kingdom of like how to market social media and you guys actually go apply it. Like that's perfect because you will be in a better place. Your business will be in a better place. Your social media will be in a better place. Your community will have a connection to you. So it, it, it varies. It definitely varies. Like, and there's also times where I break down everything that you need to be doing on social media. And sometimes clients have certain sectors already filled out, right? So then like you have to kind of like prorate certain things out like, oh, we just want Instagram reels or, oh, we just want uh, ads, right? So it really, it really varies. But th- those are like kind of some, some frames of references. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. As far as results, like how, because I, I could see it being a challenge where it's like, oh, people are like, oh, we can't track direct like revenue from this, but we're paying like four to five grand yeah. on this. Like how, yes. how, how do you, how do you sell them on that? I know people are coming to you, but like, let's say you're reaching out to someone, like how would you sell them on, on the proposition? It, it's, it's the same thing, bro. Like the way, the way I do it and I, the, I don't know any other way to do it is help first and provide everything first and the results is kind of, no, no, not the results, but the pay is second, Right. So yeah. like getting getting your cut will happen if you're doing your best, right? If you if you're driving results. So for like right now I have a client uh in Los Angeles, they're a vegan restaurant, right? So what 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 their KPIs have been is engagement, followers, and and surprisingly enough, ever since I've gotten uh, I've been running their social media accounts, they've been having their record weeks, right? They they they're getting nice. record weeks in, in the doors because my ads that I'm running for them are like so specific. There's like literally within 15 miles of, of the restaurant, they're, you know, vegan lovers, you know, they're in LA, they have every, everything, every every ad that we send is like our ideal customer, right? So yeah, sure enough, yeah. in like the engagement, we, we so I run it for like an engagement post, right? Uh, objective. Yeah. So on, on Facebook ads, there's a post, uh, there's certain objectives and so I, I run like an engagement one for this specific example, right? So I'm trying to get more people to engage with our posts, right? Yeah. And it's like three cents per vegan LA 15 miles person. It's like two to three cents, like, and you could optimize it. Nothing. So it's like, it's like, bro, like it's, it's nothing. Yeah. So we're spending like multiple thousands of dollars on ads because they, one, perform well, the engagement's out the roof, the response is out the roof. And yeah, they do notice an influx of people coming in. Like it, it's it's been gradual, but they they have yeah they have had their record weeks. And every time I call in now, the restaurant to to just check up on how they're doing, they're always like, "Dude, we're slammed. We're slammed." Dude, that must feel good. It feel it's the best feeling ever. It's the best feeling ever when a when a client's happy. That's the best feeling ever. Especially in these times, right, where it's like a little harder for these businesses, like you really can have an impact on, exactly. on the, exactly. on the so, bottom line. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's another thing. Like it's social media to me, like no longer is just a means to an end, like a paycheck. It really is something that is helpful and like useful. So that's why a lot of times, these my sales funnel, it it never is like, hey, let's get you in my sales funnel and like let's you know close you. It's more so, hey, can you help me with social media? My answer is yes, I can. Here's a full consultation. Do it yourself or pay me to do it. And it's never like, I won't do it unless you pay me. No, it's like, this is what you need to be doing, right? Go do it. it. Either you go do it or, or you need me to do it because it's, it's, it's helpful. You already see how it's going to be helpful. 
I love it, man. And uh, how um, how much time does it take? Like, because like I mean, you're comment hacking, you're running ads, you're cre- doing creatives, you're probably doing some stories as well. Like, how how much time does all of this take? Like, right now you have three accounts, right? I, I mean, I know when I was when, like managing a big account, like like uh, Tom or for you, like Empathy Wine. Like for me, it was a full time job, like on the one account, right? So I'm curious, like first of all. Like, how much time does that take for you now, and how do you plan? I'm guessing at some point you're planning on bringing on more people. So, how do you plan to scale as well? Yeah, so literally, it's I scale accordingly. So, I actually I have an intern right now. Uh, she does a lot of the community management aspect of the pages, as well as like with the vegan restaurant. I could do food photography myself, but I want the best results for the account. So, I have like a dedicated food photographer taking all the content for me. Right, like I pay that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really just scaling accordingly, like, and how much time? Yeah, it, it takes time. Like, I, I don't work full time. If anything, I work more. Like on the weekends, I'm not gonna not post, right? I'm not gonna not reply yeah. to people. I'm not gonna not post stories because you have to to optimize the reach for the page. You have to be active every day. So, yeah, it, it's 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 time consuming. But I think the one thing that like that I think has been able to get me to this point is actually loving what, what you do. Like I, I don't yeah. I don't have to be like, damn, I'm spending way too much time. I want to be spending my time doing other stuff. No, this is the stuff I want to be spending time on, you know? It's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh cool. So I have just a couple more rapid fire questions that I put together. Sweet. So I had this 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 question I thought of, but like let's say you're giving advice to someone that's like in college. And I know we talked about this already, but I thought it would be a thought, fun thought experiment to be like, hey, like, I want to work for LeBron, you know, or, or whoever it is, like a big name. Let's say I want to manage LeBron's account, but I have, like, I have zero experience. How, like, how would you go about, like, what advice would you give to that kid that, that, uh, that wants to manage LeBron's account? LeBron's account with no experience. That's a huge leap right there. And, and, and the answer can be like, oh, you have to get like a couple of local clients first, like get get your well, bearings, you know, but. Okay, so do you know uh, who Yes Theory is? Yeah. Okay, so have you seen uh, Yes Theory's video that they made for this guy, his name's Ivan, who wanted a job with. With the 100 Thieves guy? Yeah, you've seen that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you could make a video resume like that, that would be sick because that shows that you have the creativity, right? I so, think, so break it down for for people who haven't seen that video. What does yeah, that look like? So uh, it's funny. That guy Ivan and I are actually really close friends now. Um, no way. Yeah, yeah. So Ivan, we connected We connected on there and like we, we've had like so many cool conversations. He actually, the coolest thing that Ivan did was Ivan brought me into a clubhouse with Mr. Beast as a speaker. It was sick, bro. Like, yeah. Oh, I saw that the other day. I was like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was Ivan. Ivan actually got me in with Mr. Beast. It was awesome. Uh, so basically, what, what yesterday he did and this whole 100 Thieves thing was uh, this guy Ivan. It's the same thing too. Like the core of how do I get experience? How do I, how do I, you have to be hungry, bro. Like you have to want to want it. If you don't want it, you're not going to get it, right? Like, People ask, like, how do you get experience? And this is just magically happen. You have to be resourceful. You have to look. You have to, like, set it as a goal, right? And, like, sometimes people, I think, but but if you are like, hey, I want to do this, you're on the right track. Just wanting to have the experience is, like, a good first step, right? But I would say watch, go on YouTube, type in Yes Theory, 100 Thieves application. I believe that's what it's called, right? And it's this full, awesome video you know, it does have some production value behind it. But I talked to a person that like worked with Yes Theory and I asked him how much does it take to like create this type of video? And it's possible with like a thousand bucks, right? So, yeah. but even if you don't have a thousand bucks, you can do it with your with your camera, with your iPhone camera, right? It really is just going a step above and beyond, right? Putting yourself out there, being vulnerable. Hey, I have no experience, but I'm trying to get experience, right? Like stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 the bottom line is like standing out creatively in some way. Exactly. Right? Like exactly. Amanda was telling me last week about like how she how she collabed with Yes Theory, right? And like just I don't know if she you've heard that story, but just like such a such a I know cool she has. story where she I know she has, yeah. She basically she basically she wanted to do a collab as far as like a clothing collab, and she had this idea like life full of color, and she basically went create 
the entire merch. Like she went and like designed the merch, like printed the 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 sweaters and like t-shirts oh, and like actually yes. made the merch. Yes. And then she created all the commercial around it. So she like got all her friends and like made like a like a commercial video around it, like with the whole philosophy behind it. And then she packaged she yeah. packaged all of that, sent the box, and like kind of had them open it live as she was on Skype. And it's like at the bottom of the yeah, box like, is like a message. It's like, will you work with me? It's something. Like, it's like exactly that, that's the type of stuff you got to do. And I would recommend to listening to every podcast of whoever that person is. Study them, right? Don't just mm-hmm. I want to work with LeBron. I'm gonna DM him, and if it doesn't work out, it wasn't meant for me. Like study as much as you can, right? You're gonna find places where potentially they they have holes in their business that you could help fill. You know. Yeah, like you gotta know okay. them. Yeah, like another mom, thing. Yeah, you know who uh, Airac is. Yeah, yeah. So like, here's a perfect example, right? He wanted to make a video with Logan Paul. What did he do? He bought Logan Paul's couches that he's been trying to sell for years, right? It's just, it's just like you, you got to be resourceful. You got to be creative. You got to think outside the box. And honestly, like, I don't think there's a reason to give up on it until you get like the hardest no ever. You know, other, yeah. other. If you never get a no, it's never a no. You know, I, I can't I can't agree more with that. Like, like I think if you set your mind to it and you're just like, I'm getting a job no matter what, like, like, like you're right. gonna get it, right? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. So that's that. Let's see. I, I was curious, like, how are you thinking about your personal brand, like now versus before? Like now that you're running your agency, and um, yeah. I, I know you were on Clubhouse the other day. I feel like I've like I. I haven't been following you for a while, but like it seems like you've been posting more recently. So just just curious about that. Yeah. So my personal brand is actually I I don't do much for it, although I should, which is why like this mic, the camera, the lighting, like it's all it's all part of my process to I actually do want to get more content out there. Because not only is it businesses that ask me for social media help, but it's also my friends, right? Like they like yeah. like I literally had a consul- uh, consultation call with like uh, one of my friends that's been a musician his whole life, right? He wants to be, have have a career in music, right? So I think I need to start producing more content that when people have questions that I could just refer them to a video and it's up to date, you know? So so like I do want to start making more videos and content just to share what I know. What's up? Like YouTube stuff? Yeah. YouTube content? Yeah. Basically people tell me, hey, create a social media marketing course. I would never create a course. I would just make it for free on YouTube, pretty much. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know if you if you uh, if you need any help with that. As far as like like I know a couple like good good people for for thumbnails or even just like if 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 you're starting off just like strategy wise with uh, with the YouTube stuff. For sure. Yeah, that'd be sick. Where where can where can people find you online? Uh, yeah. Uh, just my Instagram would be the best place. That's where I kind of maintenance my personal brand the most, even though it's not as much as I want to. But yeah, Instagram.com uh, slash Josh Ordonez. My at is at J-O-S-H-O-R-D-O-N-E-Z. Perfect. Yeah. Thank and you, I, brother. I have that same handle across every platform. So There you have it. I hope you got something out of this interview. I'm really trying to make this as valuable as possible to you. So if you have any feedback on how I can make this better, if you have any questions for me personally, I'll get back to you reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is at Jeremy John Mary. You can also comment if you're watching on YouTube. You can just comment below. All right, thanks for listening and have an epic week.